Hey everyone, welcome to Michael's Record Collection, the podcast that talks about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. I'm Michael Citro and this is episode number 90. For this show, I spoke with vocalist Rob Moratti about his recently released fifth studio album called Epical. This killer melodic rock album should appeal to fans of 1980s era Journey, Toto, Survivor, and other bands who worked in that same space. Before we get to that interview, let me apologize for not having a new show last week. I had to regroup a bit after getting a nasty flu bug, but I hopefully will be back on the normal schedule moving forward. Uh, please visit michaelsrecordcollection.com. You'll find all the links to my social media accounts there, at Mike's Records on Twitter and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can write to me at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com, ask me a question, I'll answer it on the next show, or just let me know you're out there listening. I'd love to get your feedback on the show. With all the housekeeping out of the way, let's get to that interview with Rob Moratti. Here we go. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I am your host, Michael Citro, and joining me for this episode is vocalist Rob Moratti. Rob, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's good to be here. Hello, everyone. Rob, you have a fantastic new melodic rock album out called Epical. It came out yeah. December Thank 9th you. on Frontiers Music, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all about this album and, and the making of it. But I want to start out by asking you, what was your first favorite record? My first favorite record in um, as a kid growing up? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd say um, uh, Boston, <laughs> the first one. Okay. Yeah, that w- that takes us way back. But uh, I remember when that first came out, it it just left me in awe, and <laughs> still does. Yeah, tremendous uh, job that they did on that. One of the great debut albums of all time. Absolutely. Bob, how did, did did you come from a musical family? How did you get sort of interested in music to begin with? Not really. Uh, I just got involved. My whole f- group of buddies were all musicians. <laughs> and uh, I was like 15 years old. And uh, they didn't have a singer. So I started testing out the grounds. I sucked for a very long time. But I found it. I found the passion and I carried it on. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to, I love this. And so I took it to the next level. I took lessons as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, vocally, just to get my chops right. At the time, you know how rock was. It was big. And, you know, the best singers were, had the high tenor voices. And mm-hmm. it all came with some kind of a fundamental, basic understanding of the, the uh, you know, classical background. Yeah. yeah. So I tried. <laughs> when you said you were you were bad to start with, what were some of the mistakes you were making? Oh, I couldn't even tell you, man. I I, I was just a kid with uh, with not much of a range, but I found my way up there more of a screamer type, but I knew that wasn't the way for me to go vocally. And so I had to exercise. You know, it was more of the, the developing that that strength. And because you can't see the instrument, you got to really be careful even just learning and and properly hitting the chords properly in the voice and it makes a difference 
you know, yeah. without it. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't know what you're doing throughout the years, it's easy to blow, especially from the live playing and touring that can really mess things up. But yeah. And I've, I've had a lot of people say that they, it wasn't really until they got a coach that they realized what, you know, what kind of strain they were putting on their voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you can't see the voice. So you have to really be careful with what you're doing. It could sound good, but it mm-hmm. could be doing more damage than anything. <laughs> That's how I grew up vocally. You know, it's, it's funny, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful and, and thankful for, for still being able to sing after all these years. Yeah, Rob, you were, uh, when you were sort of going through voice lessons and, and learning what you could and couldn't do with your voice, were there singers and bands that that you took inspiration from or who influenced your style oh yeah absolutely i mean just from there you know the guys like steve perry obviously was always my number one um you know brad delp from boston god rest his soul and um you know jimmy jameson uh tommy uh, tommy shaw from sticks dennis young these guys are monsters high tenor vocally that they just did things properly and they sounded great. And you know, the funny thing is they still sound exactly the same. Yeah. You know, you, you listen to Tommy Shaw that he's a monster. Then you got, there's all kinds of really, really good guys, you know, and then there's you know, guys, even in the heavy metal, you know, Bruce Dickinson. Oh, you know, I grew up with that, you know, and, uh, it was a big part of, uh, you know, inspiration of just, Hey, I want that. <laughs> I did the best I could. So you started your own band with your la- your last name, Marathi, the band Marathi. Marathi, yeah, back in 95. That was our first release, 95, and then our second one in 97. Yes. Now, were those, well, that- were the, was that with guys who were in that group with you learning as you guys got older? They, yeah, they were part of the band. Uh, you know, we played a lot of gigs around town and you know, got uh, you know, licensing deals over the seas with uh, overseas with Europe and um and Japan, just like I'm doing now. But it was a it was a darker tone, you know, back in the day, 90s, we you know, uh, the grunge scene was really big. I couldn't really grasp it too well vocally, but I thought, you know what, I got to find a way to make this work and and I did. I I, I, you know, melodically and, and tones, overtones with dark, almost like um, a bit of Queensryche style, you know, you, you can hear it in some of this stuff mm-hmm. as, as I progressed. And then um, I thought, you know what, when I, when I started with uh, later after that final frontier with my, with my partner, Maladin, you know, we took it to, to another level. That's when melodically we went nuts. You know, I go, okay. Let's do what we love. And it took me to another place, uh, you know, uh, vocally. And I, <laughs> that's probably the root and the reason why I'm still here doing what I do. You know, when I discovered, hey, that's what I can do. Hey, wow. Okay. So we grow and time let us grow. And uh, we, we released four great albums that were all just crazy, badass, melodic rock. You can hear the, the inspiration of all the, the great bands of the 80s and you know, even the 90s. Late, or more like bands from like Boston up to, to Sticks and Journey and Survivor, you know, uh, Mickey Thomas, Starship, all that stuff. It's yeah. all there. 
Yeah. Now you, you came across my radar when you were briefly a part of the band saga. Uh, Absolutely. Michael Sadler had stepped uh, away from the band and, and you had stepped in. How did that happen? Did you already know those guys? I did not know them. I heard, you know, it's funny. I, I you know, I'm at work and uh, I heard about it on the radio. Hey, Saga looking for a singer. And I thought, yeah, okay. It's like playing a, a lottery ticket. What are the chances? <laughs> so I let it go. I thought, okay, what's a big deal? So then a friend of mine came by to see me at work and uh, he's an engineer at the at the metalworks mm-hmm. and david says to me hey you know saga's still looking for the singer and i go huh really i go that's been a long time i go you really sure about that I go check it out i go you know what i go as soon as i heard him say they're still looking i go let me check it out and so sure enough my buddy reached out to ian and uh, Ian went on to my uh, MySpace at the time. You remember that MySpace? <laughs> yep, yep. He checked out. He checked out my uh, my work, and then he got back to me and he goes, "Hey, you sound great, uh, but we're gonna have uh, auditions for live, mm-hmm. you know." And, uh, and they had a bunch of us. You know, I went up first, and I didn't meet any of the others. But they told me this went on for two days, and uh, sure enough. Uh, Ian called me back saying, Hey buddy, <laughs> you were the first one up. No one else out did you. You're in. If you want it, here it is. And I was like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. you now you mentioned you were you were working at the time. Where were you working uh when this all happened? I'm a I'm a hairstylist, hairdresser by trade. Uh-huh. You know, this is what I've been doing for years. And so uh I meet everyone in my in my job, you know. Yeah. So it was great. It was great. And I keep in touch with some of the guys and I've got friends that still come and see me and, you know, one connection through to another, obviously at the end of the day, you still have to deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So when you went and, and recorded the human condition with saga, you you're, yeah. you're singing on that album is a little different than on this solo album. You, you go much higher, for example, on the, solo that's album. right. Um, that's right was there sort of a range that they wrote for or, or did you take part in the writing how did that work with Sai? I okay I th- that's funny you say that because I did what I wanted you know I uh, Ian and Jimmy they would just plaster me with ideas mm-hmm. and they knew mm-hmm. already I had my own studio I've been recording I know that I know the game but I also took it to, upon myself to say hey 
I'm going to stay within the reality of saga. You know, I'm not going to go and start being something that's, you know, it's going to take me to another place that might be a little bit, you know, it, 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 it had to be in a place where it made sense. You know, so it makes sense with their whole catalog. And I did. They didn't even have to say anything, Rob, this might be too much. You know, they were so good with me. I had the freedom melodically and lyrically to pretty much do almost everything. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy and I mm-hmm. had, um, uh, you know, lyrically wrote a couple of songs together. But the, that whole album, I, I did most of it all from here, you know, and, uh, and the results were just wow you know mm-hmm. we're all happy even to this day <laughs> you speak to ian i think that's one of his favorite albums now when you joined the band were you at all intimidated by the, you know stepping into the shoes of michael sadler did you how did you approach you know some doing some of the, the older saga songs i you know what i had a really good time with it i fit i felt good about it mm-hmm. the only thing is is you know we all love michael i love michael too <laughs> It's, you know, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to get that recognition as an artist, as a vocalist. You know, I mean, I grew up listening to Saga. So for me, it's obviously going to feel like, wow, you know, this is such a buzz. And it was, and it still is. Uh, I respect them all. I respect even Michael. You know, I I know they are touring and, and, um, you know, he we had the decency of even uh, using one of our tracks from the from the Human Condition album on the tour, and he's doing it himself. <laughs> it was so so nice to hear. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I actually had Michael on the show last year. He's he he was a great guy, and, and yeah, he's such a gentleman. It's um, I'm I'm um, I'm happy that they chose me at the time, and I'm still grateful for it you know mm-hmm. now when your time in saga ended how, how did that happen were, were was it just michael wanted to come back and that was it or or were there discussions or or did you go in knowing it was temporary uh no i think uh michael wanted to come back mm-hmm. that's what happened and that's what they told me you know so at the time uh you know i understand you got to respect that right yeah. Michael, yeah. Michael and Jim are buddies. They're best friends, you know, and they came out, he came out of retirement and, uh, they wanted to do their tours and continue on. How could you argue with that? Yeah. I was still grateful for it all. You know, it's tough for you, but uh, you know, obviously it's, uh, this is a band that, that had a lot of history together and that kind of thing. So, yeah, right. You know, it, it was because of him and the, in the first place, I even had the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Epical. This is your fifth studio album under your name. Yes. And As a first, with Fron- first with Frontiers. Yes. And you're first since Paragon in 2020. How did yes. you hook up with the uh, Frontiers music? You know, it's funny. Uh, to be honest, I just reached out at the last second. I had to, okay, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> if you have the time. Absolutely. Oh, I, um, what happened was I had just released Paragon. I had started writing with the next one, finished producing it, and pretty much closed completion. Um, AOR Heaven at the time, my old label, they he retired. You know, George had uh, stepped back and saying, you know, hey, 
this is it. And I thought, okay, cool. I'm so happy for you. He was great with me. I I'm grateful for his time. And, you know, we released two records together. And so he retired. And so what happens is here do I, where do I go? So I started shopping it and I reached out to a couple of labels and, uh, you know, frontiers was my last hope. I thought, you know what, let me see. And sure enough, they came back with, uh, they were, you know, they were happy with what they heard. I sent them a, a stream of, um, almost finished tracks and, uh, everything after that was history. Yeah. What were some of those songs? Oh, I would say the first six, Okay. You know, can I hold you for a while? Love, um, you know, strangers in the night. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. Yeah, so it seems like some of these that were released as singles uh, were some of the earliest ones you wrote. Now, you produced and mixed and mastered this yourself. Is that something you've been doing for a while? I've been doing this for, yeah, I've been producing on my own forever mm -hmm. on all my solo albums, but now, uh, and mixing uh, together with my old uh, partner, uh, Torben, but he's not with me anymore. So I took it upon myself to mix it all. And and do everything else like I always do. Mm -hmm. But uh, I found that uh, the results turned out to be even better. <laughs> Took my time with everything. This massive album, this, this is why I called it epical. I found something epical in every track, you know, and there's an epical production going on right through every song. And I'm like, wow, you know, and I compare it to everything else I did. And I, I'm not even sure how I got there, but I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> That's good. Did you did you have to sort of learn the the mixing process by trial and error? I mean, how how was that for you? It, it, it you know I thought it'd be more difficult, but uh, I had to start with what I didn't know. You know, with the drums and the bottom end that was usually there for me and taken care of. So I thought, you know what, this is the most important thing. Once I got this, everything else is going to be great for me. And I had the pleasure of learning all the curves and the filtering of the EQing to really make everything sound big, but not disturbing the vocals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the key. You know, it's not just a matter of lifting up and down a volume, but really knowing the energy that sits and bothers. And it's once you've got that, you're, you're a monster. <laughs> You know, you're at your, you're at another level of mixing, and it's great. 
Yeah, I'm glad that it's the hardest thing to get right because you, if the where the vocals go in the music, do they sound like they're just sitting on top? Are they buried? You know, there's a there's a fine line to uh, to bringing out the right amount of it. That's right. And even bass and drums. If the the drums and the bass are way too loud, you know, in the mix it'll sound great, but then once you master it, you'll get ruined. You know, it's just as simple as that, how things can just turn out muddy. But I go, you know what? I'm going to take my time. This is going to sound monstrous when I'm done. Sure enough, I couldn't be happier, you know? I think it came out really, really great. Uh, what was the writing process like, like for this album? Who all, who all contributed to the writing? Okay, uh, you know what? Let's start with the main guy I work with all the time. Is Ulrich Ulrich Longquist? Yep. Have you heard of him? Uh, I know him just from the press release. I, I, I don't. Yeah, know. because he's everywhere. The guy works with everyone. You know, he writes for you know a lot of big artists and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a talented guy. Between him and Peter, uh, Pete Pete Alpenberg, obviously, on rhythm guitars, he, Ulrich and I, we've been co-writing back and forth, you know, for most of the album. It's been great and such a joy to work with, you know. Thank God for the the internet. That's all I say. You know, and I got Frederick Berg. He's also co-written a track with me that I wrote with him and uh, Steve Algari of Journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Frederick, and I, he's been with me from the beginning. You know, I've written tracks with him from the first solo album, pretty much right through. We always managed to get a couple of tracks in here, you know. And then I got Felix on uh, drums, and we co we co-wrote a song together with with Ulrich as well. It's been a joy. These guys all have the passion to work and to uh, come forward with cool ideas. And then together we, you know, it's a combination of things that made it work. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better team, to be honest. You mm. mentioned Steve Ogjeri. Uh Is he, is he just a, like a co-writer on this album? Did he, did he give you any vocals or anything else on the album? Oh no, no. He's just a co-writer for one of the tracks okay. that the, when we wrote together, you know, which song was that? Um, for the rest of my life.
Okay. Now I'm looking at this right now. For the rest of my life, that is a song that um, Frederick had come to me and said, hey, you know, how would you like to co-write a song with Steve and I for Steve's record? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if you're asking me to get involved, that's beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> so I did. And um, this was now, I'd say, uh, six, seven years ago, you know, maybe longer. I don't, I can't remember exactly when he released it, but he released it. Okay. You know, digitally. And, uh, and that was it. And then I remember Frederick bringing it back to me now and he goes, Hey man, it would probably be a good idea if you can re-release this song and put it on your disc on your cd and i go hey man if steve's okay with it i'd love to do it and steve was so happy <laughs> he says i can't wait to hear it man i'll go okay fair enough so i did my own version of it okay so yeah. you both have a copy or you both have your own version of for the rest of my life yes <laughs> nice and frederick That's plays so cool. keyboards on that track That's right. plays keys on it because we co-wrote it you know his parts are always so yeah. great you know okay uh, now um two of the names that really popped to me on the press release uh before i even heard the music uh were guitarist joel hoekstra and bassist tony franklin you got a couple of heavy hitters there how did, how did you uh come to uh collaborate with the, with the am i am i blessed or what <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brother you know Tony's been with me from the beginning, all my solo albums, you know, and um, it's funny. It, you can get a different bass player, but you're not going to get a better bass player. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's been times with tracks where, you know, I, I was unsure of stuff. I'd leave them. I wouldn't even want to put them on the record. And then he lays down this bass and it changes everything and if that's happened to me more than once and that's the thing that's like wow he's got this thing that just brings it to life and i couldn't be happier and you know what he's a solid guy we we call each other we're family now for how long we've been doing this you know it's great <laughs> how did you and Joel first uh, how yeah. did you and tony first uh, cross paths how we actually frederick frederick berg says hey man you should probably ask tony you know, if he would be interested in playing on the record, I go, Are you sure you'd want to? I go, check it out. And sure enough, when I went to him the first time, he played the whole record, Victory. Nice. He's been with he's been with me ever since. <laughs> yeah, he's such a good guy. You know? Yeah. And then Joel? Joel, you know, what what can I tell you about Joel? I approached him. I emailed him. I go, what is the worst thing that can happen? He could say no. But I asked him, how would you like to play on my record? The guy jumped and said, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I had him on Paragon for six tracks mm-hmm. and uh, we hit it off. He's such a good guy. The chemistry is crazy. The things that he adds, it he th- gives you more than just a lead, you know? Yeah. What you hear is a solo, but when he's playing and he starts layering these overdubs on rhythm, it's a rhythm thing that he adds and lifts the, the material, brings it to another place. That if it shocks you. It's like, wow, I can't live without this anymore. That's how good he is. That's really, honestly, how good he is. And... You know, yeah. on this next record, I go, you know, you're playing the whole album. What am I going to do? 
<laughs> you're, God, you're the best, you know? And we hit it off. He's such a good guy. You know, he always does more than he gives. He gives 200%. It's an understatement to even say that. That's how good he is. And that's how much he's grateful for it. Yeah. I I imagine the trick with Joel is, is how do you fit it into his busy schedule? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, but I'm grateful. Like I said, you don't, you can do whatever you want. I don't care where you go. Find the time, take your time, you know? Mm That's, that's the, that's the blessing of it all. You know, being on the road, you can do things too, right? All you got to do is bring what you use, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this, this, uh, you did wasted no time in, um, in showing Joel off or Joel showing off what he can do on, um, the first track. Can I, can I hold you for a while? I'm not going to go track yeah. by track through the whole album, but there's, there's, there's some standout ones that, to me that I want to talk about. And one of those yeah. is the opener. It's the first single off the album. And right off the bat, you, you put a song in here where Joel shines throughout, but the solo is maybe one of the best on the record. Okay, cool. I'm, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have even thought about it. Like okay, everything he does is crazy, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great song, and um, it worked out like that. You know, his um, he even loved it. You know, he goes, "That's probably one of my favorites." I go, "Cool, great." Yeah, I it's a great song. Yeah, what thank the, you. What was the first one that you wrote for this, and and when did you start it for this album? Yes. Oh, let me think for a moment. Because the thing is, as I was writing Paragon, there were probably tracks that I might have already started. But I'm going to say, oh, let me think. I'm looking at the list as we speak. We've already talked about the rest rest of of my my life. life, We already know that's been co-written long ago. Mm -hmm. But I have to say uh, Strangers. Probably Strangers or can i hold you for a while you know those are the first two and funny that we're here you're talking about the tracks the song love that um is released as a as a second uh single as we speak Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. song almost didn't even make the record really (laughs) that's how many songs we got going on right Mm -hmm. so it's funny because alric and i alric you know, I always trust him because I feel like, you know, I always overthink about things and and I, I can redo things a hundred times, 
And that's just the way I am, you know, mm-hmm. but he'll listen to things and I'll go, no, that's great. Don't change it. Okay, great. I'll believe you. I believe you. I say, <laughs> so it, it saves us a lot of time and stress. Ready? So then he says to me, yeah, this song and this song, maybe not love. No, I'm not sure about this one, but this one's really better. Okay, fine. I'll let it go. And then when it came down to it at the last minute, and I went back and I, and then I listened to it. I go, are you sure? I'm not, I'm going to pop love back in. I go, there's no way that's not making a first record with, <laughs> with Frontiers. And sure enough, without even knowing it, they, they released it as a single. And I said, I go, look, Ulrich, look what you did. I go, oh, I go, there you go. I go, oh my God. I go, that's what you see. We all hear things differently. Yeah, for sure. I, I, that was one of the four that I, I put a star next to those, those there's, there's four songs to me that, I mean, I don't think there's a bad track on this album, but those right. four Thank particularly you. stood out. One of them was, can I hold you for a while? Right. And I think Thank it's, it, to me, it sounded like an obvious single i don't always say that because i'm i tend to gravitate toward the deeper cuts on albums a lot of times but right. this one i said right. yeah this one sounds like a single and of course right. it's got that great solo from from joel but right. uh, another one that i that stood out to me was love the second single right. and uh-huh. that was before i even looked to see which ones were singles and then the other two were strangers and valerie and yeah crazy I, um, it never ends I wanted to ask you about your sort of how you go about writing, where you draw inspiration from on some of these uh, songs. For example, was there a real Valerie that inspired the song? Um, it's funny you say that and I got to be careful. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really, not really, you know, it's, it, it sounds good. It had a ring, mm-hmm. you know, and I always inspired by some of the classics, you know, guys like Toto, you know, and journey, the always, you know, Steve Perry, they'll write, you know, great songs using a, a beautiful name of a lady. And mm-hmm. I thought, 
this is what we got to do, you know, inspired by Suzanne from, uh, from journey back in the day. And it has that thing. And sure enough, it turned out really good, but should I say there's someone, you know, personally, I probably not. And if I, if I did, I can't even remember. It's been, I've been so out of touch being single. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you wrote this album, was this, was this a lockdown album? When what was the timeline of the the making of this record? Um, I wouldn't say there was a, any kind of lockdown, but it was in the middle of the COVID time, and people were all kind of lingering, yeah. you know. And there was more time to work, which is great. And uh, you know, sure enough, the record was almost complete when I uh, when I approached Frontiers. Mm-hmm. You know, the record was already done. Yeah. That's good. It makes it harder for them to say no because there's still so Thank, much. Thankfully, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so grateful they came through. One of the best, you know, organizations, really. So well organized with everything they do. And for all the listeners of melodic rock, heavy rock, hard rock, whatever you want to call it, they're the number one, you know, and it's and they get it out there and for people to hear. And I'm I'm grateful for it. It's, it's it's exactly what me, what I needed as an artist right yeah. now. Serafino does like his uh, his melodic rock for sure. Um, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the second track, Masquerade, you hit some pretty incredible high notes in that one. Masquerade, what a great song, eh? Yeah, it's a very good song. How do you keep your voice in shape? Is there anything special that you do? I mean, I I know you've (laughs) taken some coaching. Absolutely, through the years. But you know what? There isn't real secrets. There's nothing to it. You know, it's the reality of singing properly. You know, and and, uh, through the years, keeping that. You know, uh, staying hydrated, getting a lot of sleep. And if you go out on the road and you start drinking and partying, it's over, right? It's just like mm-hmm. anything else. I, we're all human. The The maintenance is all in, you know, how good you maintain yourself. You know, and uh, I'm grateful that I could have been, you know, that I was able to to sing and do it, doing it right, you mm-hmm. know, singing properly and, and holding it together for for all these years. And at my age now, I'm still thankful and grateful for it all because it's not easy, you know, 
So are there secrets? No, there are no secrets. It, it is what it is. You know, it's, yeah, we try. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good genes, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I try. Thank you. I try. <laughs> it's a, a combination of it all, you know, over the years with the, with all the different exercises mm-hmm. you know, it's, and then finding your, your real true voice. It's wow. You know, over the years, thank God. And you mentioned earlier that you didn't, you weren't really sure what your range was when you started. Do you have an idea now of like how many octaves you have and that kind of thing? Do you, do you get that technical with it? I don't really get technical with it, but I know what my voice can do. Like, um, you know, from one extreme to another, I know what sounds best for me when I'm singing softly or when I'm singing high. And it's really, uh, it's hard to tell because, you know, vocally we can tell you, you know, guys will say, Hey, I've got a seven octave, which is not even possible. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's the reality of life. You yeah. know, you'll hear get, say all kinds of things, but it's hard to, to sing full voice, high tenor. <laughs> Guys like, you know, Tommy Sean that take it to that place and that are still out there doing it sound exactly the same, you know? Mm-hmm. It's all about pulling those chords. <laughs> so when you, when you do a song like Masquerade and you have to hit some of those high notes like that, now when you do when you work out the vocal melody for a song like that, is it something that you, do you already hear it in your head before you begin or is that trial and error and you do it? Do you start lower and go higher? How does, how do you find that sweet spot? You know what I'll do? I'll play around with it. When I'm recording, I'll mask Mm -hmm. it. I'll sort of mask it out in a way where I'll sing it softly, even in a falsetto, which I never even use vocally, like on records. You know, you'll hear me. It sounds really high. Some people will claim it's falsetto. It's not. But when I'm recording and writing softly just to get the melodies, I'll go, ah, ha, ha. I'll go there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go out there and sing it full voice, you know. But as long as I can map it out and hear it melodically first, because you want to make sure you're doing it and it sounds good. Or you don't want, you're going to be singing it a hundred times until you blow out your voice and then to sit back and realize, Hey, I don't even like it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just what works for me. You know, it's just the way it works because these guys, you know, you guys, uh, Pete and Ulrich, they'll they'll deliver their ideas from, you know, from tracking a bunch of stuff. And it's great because you, you load it up into, into your studio and you play with it. Yeah. As, the is not only the you know one of a principal writer the singer and the producer of this album did you go into it with a, a specific sound in mind that a, a way that you wanted the the record to sound like yeah, for, the, for the most part yeah i would think so you know i've done a few of them now that i can i can visualize what i want it to sound like you know and this one really took me there yeah you know um it sounds great i couldn't be happier for your long-term fans that haven't heard the new album yet how would you describe it in terms of of your previous work what's 
what's the same? What are people gonna gonna find familiar, and what are they gonna find that's a little bit different from previous okay. Rob Marotti albums? All right. Well, I'm. You know, they're gonna hear me doing what I do best, giving them a hundred percent performance, vocally, melodically, harmonically. The songs are all at the same level. From the first Victory album right up to Epical, all the songs are great, solid, filled with beautiful tracks. Um, what changes now is the production. You know, you can actually hear the difference. You know, I pushed it and I did, and I got it there, you know. I was going to ask you too about the tracking um, uh, or the sequencing of the album. This is this all your decisions? These eleven tracks in this order? Yes, absolutely. Because mm -hmm. I, the reason I ask is I think you got it a great balance here because the four songs that stuck out to me, the album opener and the album closer, and right. an, an album, a, a song that would be late on tr on side one and then another that would be early on side two. So to me, the four best songs are kind of like the anchor points, you know, of, of the album. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Thank I you. I'll, you know, well. I'll respectfully, I'll respectfully run it by, you know, Alric, my co-writer, because he's, he's been through every, you know, 90% of the songs. So mm -hmm. if I'm a little odd and I'm not, I just need him to say, okay with it. You know, and he'll go, yeah, sounds great. Or yeah, maybe change this one. Or, but that's it. For the most part, it's done. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, um, in part of that sequencing, you get this. Uh, you've already mentioned Boston. You've mentioned Journey. You've mentioned Toto. And like those bands, you have this nice ballad. Nothing left to say right in the middle of side one. That's, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a great song. Thank you.
is yeah. that something that you consciously pursue? Do you do you do you think when you're writing uh, we got to do a softer one, or does it is that just a natural part of your songwriting? It's a natural part of the songwriting. Always, you know, there's got to be a balance, <laughs> maybe <laughs> two even. You know, I mean, it's you know, thankfully that we can take it there and you know and and still give it a balance. Eh? It's, you need a ballad, at least one. Could you just imagine Journey or Total without without a ballad? <laughs> I, <laughs> or I even can't. Boston. <laughs> imagine yeah. Boston, you know, without Amanda, you know. Oh. Yeah, know. it is. It, what I like about it, and I think, you know, I guess the cynical might say, well, you got to have one on there for the girls. But, uh, but that's not it, that's not really it for me. I like to have that. You know, that because you variety on the album because if you don't have that variety in the album everything kind of sort of sound, starts sounding the same after a while that's right a ballad is for everyone we yeah. can all relate to love and relationships this that's why melodic rock takes you there when it comes to love which is basically what i write about on i'm not going to get political there's no way right it's just no room for that in that music and and uh you want to escape and take go back to that place, whether it's reminding you of someone or something or a time when you were younger. It's all there, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I mean, just looking at the track titles, you don't even have to listen. Like, listen to the album <laughs> to know that. Yeah, this is a lot of a lot of music about you know relationships but, and that kind of thing it's not it's not going to be you know this is not a protest album you can see that right in right. the titles of the, that's of the song. right that's <laughs> right and the, the bottom line is it's harder to do this and not bore people and get it right mm -hmm. you know because it's easy to try to come up with 10 tracks that can be just lame you know it's not i've been doing this a long time and i'm grateful for it because really five solo albums later and there's good stuff on every record you know maybe i'm too biased i shouldn't even be saying all that but i i feel pretty good about it all so it's it's great you know good rob when you when someone bring, buys this cd and they put it in their player and they listen to it start to finish what do you hope they take from that experience wow they're gonna rock <laughs> you know it's a smooth massive sounding album it's going to take them to wherever they want to go because it's personal for everyone. It's happy. It's sad, but it's all good. You know, take it and let it take you there because there's enough going on all over the world that we don't need it on this, this style of genre. It's like, you know, let it, let it take you to a place where you can find peace and happiness and enjoy it. You know, yeah. I hope, I, I hope I did. <laughs> uh rob where is, is there a place where people can buy this album that it helps you more than going to amazon for example oh i wish i i'm not even sure you know <laughs> through the label i would imagine for most you know mm -hmm. all right so that's not you do you have a shop on your website or no i've got i've got a sh i've got a um a spot but no where it takes you with a link that'll take you to the label Okay. Or you or ordering it digitally online as well, but you know that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Will there be any opportunities to 
put a live band together and, and do some shows with this. Uh, well, uh, you never know. <laughs> I keep my fingers crossed. I, um, in the meantime, all I can do is enjoy what's out. And I am, the chemistry is so good with the boys that we're, we're still going, you know, we're writing our next album as we speak. Yeah. Well, that's good yeah. to hear. Uh, yeah. is this a, is this a multi-album deal then with frontiers that you made? I would imagine, yeah. you know, it's all multi-album until someone's not happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I hear you. But, yeah. but I appreciate that, uh, you know, they want me for, for even a couple of records yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we, we want to get it out and make sure that people are listening and buying and appreciating it. Absolutely. Well, I've been enjoying this album. I think it's, for me, it's one of the better melodic rock releases of the 2022 calendar year. So oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I was definitely uh, excited to talk to you about it. Uh, you can find Rob Morati's website at robmorati.net. That's M-O-R-A-T-T-I. And uh, Rob, are you active on social media at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm around all the time. Whatever, whatever links you have, whatever you can send me, please on Facebook and uh, you got you do do you do YouTube and Instagram and all that? I do, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> not that busy. <laughs> Are you a TikToker? You doing that? Yet? I am not even close to TikTok, and my wife even tells me, "Don't even think about it." Oh, okay, okay, no. <laughs> all right, all right, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. The album is called Epical. Came out on Frontiers on December 9th. So you uh you can pick it up for the rock lover in your in your life uh as a last minute Christmas gift <laughs> or, uh, or just or just buy one for yourself because it's a good album. Uh Rob, thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed uh talking to you about this and learning about this album a little bit. I hope it does really well for you because I've I've really been enjoying it. No, thank you so much, brother. Hey, we'll see you again next year, I guess, eh? (laughs) Absolutely. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. <laughs>